right, welcome to Real Talk, episode 84. I'm Todd, this is AJ, and we're back. Hello there. You like my hair? I don't. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you uh, want to share with them your inspiration for your hair? Yeah. Uh, so, as you guys know, I have to grow out my hair till the end of October. So, part of this is cool, part of this is not, because first off, I'm not used to having this long of hair. Secondly, the good part is I've actually always kind of wanted to grow my hair out secretly. And I've always wanted to try to slick my hair back CM Punk style. So CM Punk, if you ever see this somehow, thanks, guy. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. Uh, so here we are. You guys know the deal. If you're watching past this point or listening, most likely you know. But just in case you're new to the to the room, new to the room, <laughs> to I the like fam, that. to the pod squad, uh, it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I like. If you're new to that. Well, we'll tell you what it is. Real Talk is just an opportunity to talk about life, God, the Bible, and everything in between. Up above, you'll see a link, www.theremnant.life slash real-talk. That's R-E-A-L dash talk. And if you click that link, it'll take you to a page that says Real Talk, talks mm-hmm. about us. Go down to the bottom and submit a question. Hit submit. Pulls up a form fillable box. Tippity tap your question in. Hit submit. And guess what? Completely anonymous. Couldn't find you if we tried. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all those questions you may have about God that you felt too embarrassed to ask about life, how faith interacts with all that stuff, this is your, your opportunity to do that. That's right. So um, we also use this as an opportunity to hopefully inspire you guys to have some real talk in your own relationships. Uh, it's healthy. It's needed. That's right. Uh, we need each other. That's just reality. Amen, brother. So that's it. We are 84 episodes in. Mm-hmm. And now we typically segue to talking about our life. We do have a lot of questions today. Oh, man, yeah. And topics, which I'm excited awesome. to dive on into. <laughs> and then dive ne- off and go yes. the water. Oh, we're going to. Uh, we lost all our viewers. Uh, <laughs> listeners. So what, we've, what we're trying to do, we have temporarily, we hope, halted mm-hmm. our life. Not yeah. because it wasn't doing well, but we want to refocus, get rejuvenated, regenerated, see if people want to come back. You know how yeah. it is. And, but in the meantime... Um, that gives us some time to focus on this and really just do some different things. I know some of the ideas that we've had is taking this podcast slash web series on the road. That's right. Um, not our real talk on the road, which we are going to do someday. Mm-hmm. But we keep saying it. It'll happen, right? It will. And we will, um, but bringing, you know, even locally, bringing in guests, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Yep. Anyway, how's your week been? What's the good Lord been teaching you on the journey of life? The good Lord on this journey of life has been teaching. I can't do it, man. Can't repeat it. Um, you know it's bad when Fern turned Clitch shaking his head in disgust. Know, right. Anyway. Um, well, first and foremost, another thing I want to add is I put some beard stuff in my beard. Oh, and I really made a my, difference. And I put it in my mustache. And every time, since it's long enough to hang over my lips, every time I take a drink... <laughs> It seeps into the mustache, and the mustache, obviously, as I'm taking a drink, the liquid goes from my mustache into my mouth, and I, it just tastes awful. I want you to know how absolutely disgusted I am by that entire story. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know why you told everyone. <laughs> I had to explain, man, because like, I'm sitting, how I'm would sitting we here going, going, I'm sitting going. They're well, used to your mouth noises. Mm-hmm. They're going to hear there. Ugh. He like implied that you're using your mustache as a, some sort of disgusting straw, <laughs> with which to drink, <laughs> disgusting straw, with which to drink I, your drink. It's not. I don't mean to. It's just there, man. I can't do anything about it. I, mean, I try to push it 
away. It just uh, I don't know why. But I just have a problem <laughs> talking about beer, hair, and stuff, man. And like anything to do with drinking through it or stuff in it. It's part of life. I have a weird thing. I've never, I don't know if you knew this, just with like body functions. Did you I've know noticed. that? Yeah. In general, so. Mm-hmm. But I'm also a weirdo when it comes to the body and yeah. like scientifics. Like <laughs> scientifics. When it comes to uh, like science and like what, how they do things. <laughs> when it comes myself. to science and how to do things. Yep. <laughs> like surgeries and that sure. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. You do watch surgeries. Scientifics. It's scientifics. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man. So, anyway, beyond the disgusting yeah, beyond that. beard straw, what uh, we got going on? It's been interesting. I uh, I had a cool Holy Spirit moment earlier in the week. Um, I think it was over the weekend, if I remember correctly. Just, you know, one of those moments where I could feel the Holy Spirit was telling me to do something. And, and oh, for yeah. a split moment, I wasn't going to do it. I could literally feel <clears> myself <throat> trying to pull away from it and it started screaming at me. And I just knew I had to. And it was pretty cool, man, because it uh, it started off with just buying something for somebody at a gas station. Um, and they were just really appreciative of it, and it was super cool. <coughs> and that turned into a small little conversation with the cashier there, which he'd also previously been taught. He, you know, fun turned Clint and go in there and love on the guy, too. So it was pretty cool because the guy just asked me, like, hey, you're a Christian, right? And, you know, just kind of had a like a 10-minute little quick conversation about God and all that, which is super cool because, you know, it just it wasn't even – the focus wasn't on him. It was on somebody else. But it's pretty cool that on the outside that guy saw that and he saw the difference. Well, and that – yeah, because I think that was the coolest part of the story when you told me is I said, how do you know you're a Christian? Yep. And he, 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 he just, just asked. Yeah, he just knew somehow. And I was like, that's, that's wild. He, didn't you say he said something like, you guys just – I noticed you guys just do these yeah. crazy things mm-hmm. kind of? Just yeah, awesome. he's, yeah, he's like, you guys just do all these small little things and there's just, you know, there's nothing in return and – it was pretty cool, so that was an interesting part of uh, my week. Uh, super encouraging. It was one of those times where it's funny because I, uh, right beforehand, um, I had it was I was kind of winding down. It was later at night, so um, I took a shower, and then before that, I was just kind of like, I don't know, I was thinking, and I was just kind of talking to God, and I was like, God, like, why do we, like, why do we always? I don't know, man. We just live out of so much fear, and you know we live in this this uh, half-hearted formula. You know, um, that's a song lyric from a band from Indianapolis called Forevermore. I don't, I don't, I don't think they name. I don't know if they're a band anymore, but one of, that's one of their lyrics is uh, we. What is it? Like we sell. Oh, what is it? We sell our souls or something for this half-hearted formula. Super good. I'm, I can't. Don't quote me. That might be. The, First part might be wrong, but um, <clears throat> that's what it really reminded me of is, is we just, we sell ourselves so short for this half-hearted formula. I'm like, man, uh, and we're just okay with it so much of the time. Or even if we say we're not okay with it, our actions show it, and we're not willing to change those things. And it all boils down to every single time, when, when I think back to myself or others around me, whenever we're in a bad place or we feel down, it's because we're not doing what we're supposed to do, man. And those are the times when we're disobeying the Spirit, when we're not praying, when we're not reading, when we're not trying to actively seek out, you know, true relationship, telling people how you feel, uh, 
being an offering hand to somebody, like just all these things. And mm. we, we, so we get so caught up that we don't even do any of it. But then, and then we wonder why we're sad or we're depressed or whatever, you know? And it was one of those things where like God just kind of showed me right then and there. Cause I asked him those questions like, why do we do this? And then he was like, okay, here's your moment. And I, and I went through with it, you know, for once. <laughs> and I was like, oh, there it was. Yep. It's real. Like there's another, that's just another telling sign of this is all real. Um, mm. So that was just, I don't know, it was a surreal moment. And, you know, since that day, you know, I've obviously I still had my days where, you know, I haven't done what I was supposed to do. But I know in that moment, like, there it was. That that was the, the truth. That was real life. And it makes you wonder, you know, why even after moments like that, because I know it's going to, it's happened before. It just happened again. It's probably going to happen, could happen tomorrow or later down the road. You know, we always have those moments of just, we experience it, then we just let it, we let it fade away, you know, mm. and it makes me wonder if that's just a continuous cycle that's going to happen our entire lives, you know, we talk about how, you know, people in the Bible, Acts Church, you know, they, they lived it out, you know, and it was just radical, and it was awesome, and their new numbers grew day by day, you know, clearly, I've heard people speak about this before, but, you know, we see the highlights a lot of the time in the Bible, right, like, God showed us those big moments. It makes me wonder how it was day to day with him if it was similar to what we go through. I like to think it was, but, you know, and maybe I think we forget that sometimes as, as Christians. You know, when we're, when we're reading this, like, I think we forget that there's so much in between everything that's happened in, the, in that book that uh, we think that's all it is. And, like, since we don't live up to that, we think we're failing all the time. Hmm. So it makes me wonder, you know, I wish I could, I guess... There's examples of it, but, you know, day-to-day life, you know, even if you're not necessarily doing wrong, but if you're not doing what you're supposed to do, it still leads you to a bad place. And I guess, I don't, maybe you would know, but, you know, I don't know if there's any examples of that in the Bible. You know, people just kind of stagnant. If there's stagnancy in the Bible, you know, people, and maybe there is, I just can't think of it right now, but I think, sure. I think people get caught up in that, right? Like, they, they, see, <clears throat> they see this crazy picture in the Bible, and they're like, well, we clearly don't do that, so then we're failing all the time, and then they just don't want to do anything and whatever. So that was a lot. But No, I think, well, first of all, I think the fact that Paul is writing to these churches, we have to remember, Paul's writing to churches. He was telling them to do the things he's telling us to do. Yeah. So one of the cool things about the Bible is that it was specific in the time. Excuse me, sorry, everyone. As far as he was writing to a specific audience, but in God's sovereignty, he's speaking to us. So, mm-hmm. of course, they had the same issues. If he had to tell people, don't neglect to go to church mm-hmm. back then, that right. was an issue. You know, do not neglect to meet, as is the habit of some. That's right. Um, all of the things. So, I think it's interesting that you brought that up because that's a good point. Maybe we compare it in a way that's, like, not realistic, but we it is there. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at the examples of people, though, and wanting to follow that. First of all, Jesus but then Paul, Peter, all those guys, you know, or any of the people even with an axe that aren't as big a name, but, you know, the Barnabases and, and Luke's and all those people too. So mm-hmm. that's a good point. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's kind of, that's a general, I guess, overview of what the week's been like. Um, also, just kind of working through some things personally. You know, I know just a lot of just trying to think, you know, I guess trying to trying to make clear in my head what the next step is in a lot of things you know so <laughs> that's very uh what's the word I'm looking for uh, uh that's very general sorry but <sighs> so yeah what about you sorry, I was pondering <laughs> everything <laughs> you were saying 
Um, personally, these have been okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Things have been okay. <laughs> I have had these weird feelings lately in my faith. Like, it's been very... It's almost hard to describe. So, you know, sometimes people say your, their faith feels dry, mm -hmm. so they don't feel passionate. They, but then they also mean they kind of feel, it feels negative, right? Like it's, I don't want to do anything. I'm not there, but yeah. I'm also not, quote, on fire. So I'm in this weird place where it's not necessarily bad, but it's, but I feel like I'm, I kind of miss God in a weird way. Even though I know he's here, yeah. I miss the closeness. And I know it's never him that's far away or him that does that. It's me. Just pondering through that a little bit of what, mm -hmm. what's going on, you know, um, and maybe it's just a faith thing. Like, am I willing to keep walking mm -hmm. sometimes when I don't feel this crazy? That's, that's what I was about to ask. Do you think a, thing? Good, a good question? Not a good question. A good word. For the, like you, you mentioned, like kind of like in between. Would that be like? Would, does it feel like lukewarm? Is that a good word for it? Um, if you want to try to scare me, sure. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't really feel even lukewarm in my faith because that's yeah. that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I just don't, because I'm, it's not like I don't care about things in my faith. Right. I do. It's just the emotion behind it is kind of flat, flat and a little bit, mm -hmm. which is hard to describe. I know I'm describing because I know the feeling of lukewarm. And I yeah. wouldn't say I'm there. It's just more, uh, maybe that's, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe I'm just used to being emotionally right, so, charged up because mm -hmm. I'm a pretty passionate guy. Right. Could be decrepit old age catching up. Who knows? <laughs> So that's one thing. I've had a lot of interesting things come up lately that I've been thinking through. Mm -hmm. um, that isn't necessarily about my life, but things I've been thinking. So I find it interesting. Uh, I'm in this place of kind of questioning my faith, I've said for a few weeks, or months even, of not being afraid to go into these places. I'm like, this doesn't make sense to me, God. <clears throat> Before it was like, you know, certain people or things thriving, you know, that whole human Thing where why are these people thriving mm -hmm. when I feel like they're not, I don't know, preaching truth and all those kinds of things, you know, whatever silly stuff. But also just interesting thoughts lately about, lately about the state of the church in general with a capital C. Um, so, and then another one that you and I kind of discovered yesterday and the guys. But Yeah, very interesting. About deliverance ministry. We'll talk about that in a second. <clears throat> I think you were gone, Funturn, when we talked about this. It was from, you were there? We we're talking about. I thought he was. You had sent it to us, and he looked it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you were just in your phone, as we often all are. Um, but anyway, completely off topic. So I've also been looking at the state of the church in America, like since COVID in America mm -hmm. in general. So a few statistics, and I brought this up before, but I found the actual article. <clears throat> it's from okay. July eighth, twenty twenty, and this is the Barna Group. Barna's cool. Um, they do a lot of cool statistics. Yeah, they do kind of church statistics, and um, trying to find some of these specifics that are one in three practicing Christians is still and only attending their pre-COVID church. Wow! Um, so that's good, right? Agree that um, shows that among practicing Christians, those who identify as Christian agree strongly that faith is very important in their lives and attend church at least monthly. That was prior to pre. COVID. Over half say they have streamed their regular church online within the past four weeks. Now, see, that that sounds positive. That kind of is a bummer to me. Half right. people have said they continue. This was in July when we, you know, certain people weren't meeting at all. But that's still only half of them were even streaming their church. Yeah, even just streaming. 34% of 
percent admits to streaming a different church service online of their own, essentially church hopping digitally. Huh. Finally, about one third of practicing Christians, thirty-two percent, say they they have done neither of those things. Wow. So thirty-two percent of Christians stop attending church at all since any since the pandemic pandemic since COVID. Wow. <clears throat> um, that's just crazy, man. That's real to think about. This is interesting. Increase. Uh, f- uh, however. Um, and, and this sounds okay in the, on the surface, but many people have stayed at home to church when looking for practicing Christians who are still and only attending their pre-COVID-19 church, so you're a member, that's your church. We find only a third say that 35% said they have con- just continued to go to their church digitally. So they were going, they were church hopping digitally. Mm-hmm. They weren't f- still focused. So um, they're also significantly more likely to switch churches. Uh, it's more likely for a Christian to stop attending church altogether. In fact, 32% of practicing Christians have done that. Just stopped going. Man. Half of practicing Christian millennials are not even viewing services online. Man. Um, and the ones older than them, Gen X and Boomers, have, are even lower. 35% Gen X, 26 Boomers are lower. Jeez. So, I mean, we're talking a giant decline. There's a guy who said, Bill Wilson, I think his name is, he said he believes before the end of the year, that or no, it was a different group that said before the end of the year, 5% of all churches will close down. 5%. And then this Bill guy says, I think, and don't quote me on this, I'll try to find it, but I believe he said he's an expert of some, some sort. He said he believes by 2025, 25% of churches will be closed. Holy yeah, so I'm trying to find the exact article so you guys, so I can tell you guys. Oh, here it is. I mean, 25. He million. says, yeah, he, he thinks up to one, no, he said one, I'm sorry, one third. That's even more. Bill Wilson predicts that up to one third of U.S. churches could be out of business by 2025. He points to Lifeway Research that says 5% of U.S. churches will close within the year this year because of the pandemic. That's five times the average closure rate for churches. Holy his best guess is that churches will suffer a 33%. Uh, he's from the Center of Healthy Churches, by the way. He's okay. the director. His best guess is that churches will suffer a 33% decline in giving, in part because there was no live Easter offering, which is really sad. Most of, apparently, a lot of churches get their main stuff from Easter offering. Huh. Um, that's, it's possible traditional churches and giving in December will help make up for it, but there's no way to know. Um, however, he believes hopefully the church can rise again, of course. I like what he says here. He wrote, The church has an opportunity to show the world that what healthy people do in times of crisis. Rather than panic and devolve into self-absorption and self-protection, we run toward the needs in our culture rather than away from them. We refuse to demonize others but act out of the story of the Good Samaritan on a daily basis. Local churches can lead the way to show their communities what loving your neighbor as yourself actually looks like. Hmm. Uh, Whenever asked this question, is this the death of the church or the rebirth, he said, we'll see. Wow. We know that God's church can't fully die. Scripture tells us that, right? Um, so, I, you know, just kind of looking through some of these statistics, I've been kind of studying um, just for my own interest. Yeah. Um, and part of it, really of how COVID has affected it, and part of it is one of our pastors, Austin, has been visiting other churches primarily because um, just he, he has a mentor that's a pastor of another church. Mm-hmm awesome, awesome person. Um, he has a, 
uh, he was went to see a gospel choir at a different church. And mm-hmm. these are these are denominations, okay? So they That's have denominational right. support. And he said at one of them, there were 12 people there, and the other, there were 16 people there. And that's when they had a gospel choir visiting, which means usually that's you have a bigger crowd because the parents of them come. That's there right. were 16, and this is a denominational church. Uh, that's crazy. Um, but on top of that, one of the positives, and it was also convicting, is each of these chur- churches, because they uh, denominationally, they'll bring up what they bring in in offering and by the end of it. Some churches do that. Um, they had still given a pretty sizable portion, you know, just those people that were there, which would make sense, right? The people that are there, the committed people. That's right. So um, all of that to say, I think it's interesting for all of us to to think about. Um, And what about you guys listening or watching? You know, how is this, if you're a Christian, how how has the pandemic affected your church, your church attendance? How has it affected your spiritual life? Do you find yourself walking away from the faith? Do you find yourself drawn towards it? I'd love to hear in the comments below or even writing... uh, you know, type in a question or submission in at the link at www.theremnant.life/real-talk. But it's also made me appreciate our church. You know, yeah, I don't want to brag no on kidding. it, but we've been, you know, very thankful, man, for the people we have here, and we've had some growth post-COVID, um, which is pretty surreal yeah. in some ways. And and yet we have a lot to learn. Uh, money. They're, they're also talking how giving is going down. Yep. And uh, one of the pastors made an interesting comment on this board where they were kind of discussing in this article. And he said, pastors need to stop being afraid. The times of being uncomfortable talking about money needs to change because we need to, we need, you need to talk about it. You need to remind them because human nature is what to do what that guy said. I'm going to be self-absorbed. I'm going to be self-protective. I'm going to take care of me and my own. I don't want to give. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know that giving's not about, it's not even about the church, although we, the church needs money, right? Church right. obviously needs money to, to function. Yep. Keep the lights on, as it were, but also the building and the organization. Um, but also because it's a heart thing. That's right. And it's a trust thing. And um, I like what that guy said about how we can be leading the way and how to respond to a to a crisis. And we talked about this way back way when COVID was coming on, started, that we right. were going to see the cracks yep. in Christianity. We were going to yeah. see the testing to see who really believed this the, and who didn't. The numbers show, man. Yeah, so it's pretty surreal. It is surreal. It's surreal in a couple ways, like you said, for me. Like, one, that that many people stop going in any form. That's That blows my mind. Yeah. Second one, like you like you said. 53%, like, right? We're still going or weren't? I'd have to go back and look. You guys can rewind. But. Um, and the second one is just, you Either know, way again, happened. I'm just, you know, since I've been here and this is the only church I've ever been to, really, like, this is just what I'm used to and this is what I've grown to, you know, know. Mm-hmm. And so during all this, you know, when we first opened back up, you know, we had, you know, like you said, like we had pretty decent numbers still. Well, at the time we we're like, oh, it's not very, it's not very, you know, we're like, oh, we could be better, <laughs> you know. And then to hear that places with denominational support are only getting twelve to sixteen people, then we go, wow. And that, and that, that doesn't necessarily awesome. mean everyone, sure, but that is the challenge. And yes, I had so much love in my heart, genuinely. If you're a pastor out there watching, who's who's in the midst of that. Mm-hmm. Man, it makes me want to cry because you are doing the work of God Amen. when when the crowd's not there. That's and that's right. a beautiful thing because those 12 people, those 16 people, they're still the church. That's right. And they're still needing truth. And, I, and of course, you know, we know that online is happening. But, man, it, make, it literally makes me emotional because I think it's such a beautiful thing to see a man up there preaching when, <laughs> you know, your congregation might be 12 people. Mm-hmm. 
16 Not people. Easy. And to continue to preach hope and truth when that, you know, because they're humans. They're going to get discouraged. They're going to tend to, I know this because I do it myself. You're going to blame yourself. It's my fault. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing something right. And that's not the case. You know, people, people have choice. So yeah. anyway, I just wanted to say. No, that's really good. That, that was another point I wanted to bring up too is just how cool it is that they're still going. You know, because like you said, that's, that's not easy. And it can be, what's even easier, like you said, it's just, just quit. Like, oh, it's, it's not going to work out, you know. Look at the decline. Not, not well, you could easy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be super easy. And, like, I don't know, man. It just, so it, again, when it talks about, you know, you'll know people for the, you know, you'll know Christians by their love for one another. Like, what a radical thing to stay open in such a trying time. And to not personally walk away. Yeah. You know, denominationally, they probably have other pastors that can move there. But to stay faithful you know mm-hmm. stay encouraged out there if you're out there and you're a pastor and you're in ministry yep. i know it's hard but it, uh, for such a time as this right you were there for such a time as this and the world needs it and and in some ways boy this sounds terrible what i'm about to say but maybe it's going to drive out the false ones mm-hmm. and bring in the ones that are truly seeking mm-hmm. and uh, the true followers and believers and it's refining that's right maybe that's what it'll be and if you're out there and you're not going to church and you're a Christian and you're not and you've let that like you let that affect your faith, you know, it's time. You know, we talk. It's one thing that we've said this for a long time. Uh, I think the American church, you know, when we look at third world countries, China and the, the underground churches across the world that have to meet secretly because they can be killed or arrested. That's right. You know, we, we have such admiration for them and we do and we should. But I'm telling you, and the American church faces its own problems and its its own unique issues. And that's the ease of it because mm-hmm. the ease of it can make you think you're okay when you're not yep, and it can huge. make you and now you know some of us out there you're like oh I'm a, I'm a believer and I'm this and I'm just like okay where is your faith showing itself yep well and and it's interesting they were talking about there were pastors in these articles that were saying well they want to be understanding of people afraid of spreading COVID mm-hmm. okay you and I have our own thoughts about COVID right I'm not going to go into it COVID's real and we're not going to say sure. But, you know, that's a whole different thing. Um, but the level of panic we're having over it, you know, I don't know. And especially as Christians. Yeah. But anyway, he says he's trying to have under, you know, he wants to understand that. And we do too. You know, we have masks here. We have all those things when you come if you want them. We don't shame people for wearing them. No. All that kind of stuff. But, and, and I, I get that feeling. Like, man, you want to make people feel, it's, part of that's making them feel safe. But then the other part of them. The other part is he said, but now it's going to also become a convenient excuse not to go to church. Mm-hmm. And the truth, truth is, you, me, no one else can answer that question for you. That's right. That's listening or watching. Are you one of those people that's been using COVID as just an excuse to not do what God's told you to do? There's a difference between fear and, and between justifying. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even and I would even say, fear. You know, the one who fears has not been perfected in love. Well, Todd, we got to be wise. Absolutely, we need to be wise. But I think it's it's a, it's it's a time in our life in our country where we all have to ask ourselves: Are we being driven by fear or by faith? And I don't know the answer for that for everyone, mm-hmm. but I think it's something we all need to be asking ourselves. Absolutely. Um, and the church, I love what that guy said, Bill Wilson or whoever that guy is, the director of Center for Healthy Churches. What an opportunity we have. And we said that too back early on, that we have a unique opportunity to be the light Mm -hmm. because things feel dark. You're right. Um, 
And, and if you're out there and want to know that, I, I'm going to do a shameless plug. Go check out our message from this past week. Yeah, we had a situation with a guy clicking a pen. <laughs> Go listen to it if you know what I mean. But in general, um, it talks about that. Water and light. It's called Water and Light. You can go to our, our uh, either our Facebook page or in the Church of Whitley County. If you're watching on Facebook, it's easy. But mm-hmm. if you're going... Um, on the podcast, you can just go to our Facebook type, your Facebook type in the Remnant Church of Whitley County, or it should be on our website by Thursday. That's right. It's called Water and Light, but it's that idea of what are we going to be? What are we offering the world right now? Jesus said, I, I will give you living water, and he said, I am the light, light of life. We get, what do we do with that? That's so good. Man. So, great sermon, by the way, for real. This guy killed uh, it. was awesome. But God's word, it's easy when it gets God's word, but thank you. The main reason is I do think people need hope, and wrapping it back around, sorry to ramble, those are the things I've been thinking through, dude, is just when I said, and now you're probably like, okay, let me connect it. My, f- I'm asking myself the questions I just asked. You. What is my faith? You're making me think too, so. Right? Sometimes that bums me out. I can be so bold in so many ways, COVID, government, you know, but then the little things <laughs> that I can end up letting fear take over. Oh, me too, man. I don't feel, if I'm honest, I don't feel like I'm a very bold person ever. Like, I, I think I take the safe route so often. So, you know, this is really good because it makes me think about, you know, where where am I being safe? You know, where am I being too safe and not wanting to, you know, take a step out of the boat? You know, where, you know, so it's making me think. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, there's tons of. Well, I'm glad, dude, because that's, you know, and I haven't even told you a lot of this that I've been pondering, Mm -hmm. Um, but I think those statistics are wild, and there's even more that I've been trying to look into. I want to look into more of what the effect it's had on people's faith individually, Mm -hmm. at home, you know, would people say their prayer life has become stronger or weaker? Um, Would they say, oh, I'm just curious, their own devotion time? So if you're watching and you want to be honest and you feel courageous to share that, you can drop a comment if you're watching on Facebook on the comments below of letting us know how has the pandemic affected your faith, mm-hmm. good and bad. Because um, there can be good from it sometimes, right? Yeah, absolutely. Fear drives you to, hopefully your faith overcomes your fear. Mm-hmm. Um, fear is interesting, man. Oh, absolutely. Fear is interesting in the idea of, and this just hit me because for some reason when you said fear, it reminded me of a conversation I had with somebody a long time ago. Um, he lives in California now. I don't know if he watches this, but if he does, what's up, Michael? Um, what up, Mike? So, um, he's not a believer. Um, but, you know, he's a guy that I, I used to hang out with. Um, super cool dude. Um, and I think I asked him one night. We were just we were just chilling. And I said, what motivates you to do all the things you do? Because he was a guy where, like, he had a really cool turnaround story. Like, he was a guy who people like, he is going to graduate high school. I think I, you mentioned this uh-huh. guy. Before. And, like, like, like he isn't going to do anything with his life. Like, people like, like people like, there's no way. Um, but he ended up, you know, graduated, got a degree, is an engineer. Mm, wow. Lives in California, making decent money, like, having a blast, doing life. You know, pretty cool. And, you know, I asked him, I was like, man, like, what, like, what has driven you to do the things you've done so far? And this is back when you were still in college. And he said, fear. I said, really? He said, yeah, man. He's like, I'm just scared to fail. He's like, I'm so scared. Like, he, and he was just like, when I think about, you know, people, what they said to me, what they thought, thought I was going to be and where I am now, he's like, you know, 
when I think about going to that place where people said I would be, it makes me scared. And like, and yeah, and that's why I, that's why I said like fear is an interesting thing. But is that fear? I don't know. That's that's why I was gonna ask because, and that's why I mentioned that he's not a believer either, so he doesn't have like. So it just made me think about that. Like, is it you know, fear in the sense of people who don't believe in God? Does fear drive them to be better? A lot of times it doesn't. That's why I said what he's describing to me doesn't sound like fear. It sounds like determination. Mm. I'm not going to be what they said I am. Mm. I don't know. I just flip it around. Right. Because true fear to me paralyzes you. Right? It makes you afraid to do things you want to do. Mm. Not gotcha. I mean, he's describing it however he wants to describe it. But that's what I think about when I think about fear. Fear is, those, is the, that thing that makes you afraid to do what's right and to do what you want to do. Right. Mm. To do what you feel led to do. Yeah. It's that thing that makes you go, what if? What if this happens though? Or right. but yeah, that'd be great. But hmm. you know those kinds of things. So interesting. But yeah, man, I, I think I mean I don't know. It's taking fear and turning it into determination. So it's pretty cool that he did that. Yeah, and the, well, even like even then, like 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 you said, like turning fear into into, into determination. Though, excuse me. Um, how cool is that? And I guess the reason why I bring it up though is because like, it's like he's not a believer. Like, like I don't. He does not believe in God. So I'm like, how cool is it that he was able to do that? But then it makes me go, why can't we do that? Right? Well, we can. I mean, there's still individual determined. Like, there are people in this world that aren't Christians who do amazing things and can right. overcome fear, but they have their own fears. And yeah. fears are not a comfortable thing. If you had to choose between accomplishing everything that he accomplished, mm-hmm. but doing so out of fear or doing so out of faith, which would you choose? Faith. Not just because you're Christian, I'm saying, does it sound good to wake up every day afraid that you're going to fail? No. Or does it sound good to wake up every day going, I'm about to kill this? Right, definitely. Yeah, and I think, so even if people succeed, when you're living out of fear, it's not a comfortable life. It's not a life of peace. Yeah. And we being like me and you, absolutely, and people out there, I don't know why. Why we let, because you're right, I know the point of what you're saying. Like yeah. we, should, we should be able to accomplish all kinds of amazing things because we, we know the end story. Yeah. Goes back to fear, though, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool that that he could overcome that or use it to yeah. motivate him instead of right letting paralyze exactly letting it destroy him, which is cool. Because I guess I relate it back to me, and I so often let fear run who I am and what I do. And I'm like, man, like I have God, and I know what's going to happen, and I, I know the end result. But yet, yeah. Do you ever find that sometimes it's not the fear of God, but it's the fear of people and their response? Definitely. And like they have freedom in I a way, so you know they can do jerky things. I've talked to myself. I've talked to myself. I've talked to God. I've talked to God about that too. Like, God, like Lord, why do I? Why am I so scared of like of people? Like, I'd rather fear people than fear you sometimes, which is weird. Yeah, that is crazy. It's creepy in a way. Like reminds me of the scripture that says, "Do not fear those that can kill you, take your life, but fear the one who can essentially kill you twice, that can take you straight to hell." You know? Yeah. But anyways, sorry. No, there's no sorry. This is what real talk is. Yeah. So that, that kind of just led me down a little road there. I was like, yeah. It. Uh, yeah, it, it, we're just in interesting times, and I think the overarching theme of life right now in America, actually in the world, is fear. The media is feeding on fear. It is, uh, you know, every media message, every mm-hmm. media news article, all of it is fear-based, isn't it? This is going to happen. 
vote as if your, quote, life depends on it, end quote. Mm-hmm. I just saw that former first lady said that, you know, and, which is such a fear-driven thing. And it's working. It works. People, people will listen to that. Well, they're famous, and mm-hmm. they, I should listen to them. Yeah. Well, if they're peddling fear, that's not someone I would necessarily want to follow. Right. Which can get oh. deep, and I don't want to get political, but regardless of your beliefs, like, which candidate's peddling fear and which one isn't more? That's an interesting thought, man. Who's selling mm-hmm. fear and who's selling hope? Because I'm not, I'm just saying right now, think about it. Even though you might think I'm not, something's arrogant or whatever, who's selling things are going to get better and who's selling things are terrible? Hmm. That alone should make you go, huh. That is interesting. Anyway, political before we get people mad at us. But hey, that's what we do. (laughs) Real talk. Yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, it's, those have been some of the things I've been pondering and leads me to fear. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, fear leads me to... I'm losing the ability to speak. Me too. Old age, I guess. Uh, fear. <laughs> birthday. Fear. We, yesterday... Yesterday, we... Uh, and that wasn't why I said it. I just... I, I people don't realize that I just had one, so the joke about me being old doesn't make any sense. So, <laughs> um, so it's not a joke. <laughs> um, what a weird segment that was. So fear makes me think of what we talked about last night, mm-hmm. the list deliverance ministry. So a little background yes. info for you guys. It's Yesterday, um, at the Remnant House, yeah. where the interns and people live, Fun Turn Clint went there to grab a shower, mm-hmm. I believe, after work, or I don't remember, he was going somewhere. Yeah. And he sent, now, a little funny side note, because this Fun Turn Clint doesn't give any context to anything. Okay. We get a fuzzy picture. It's yeah. com- so fuzzy. I, was about to go I want you to know I laughed hysterically. It's a fuzzy picture of, and maybe you can pull it up real quick while I'm talking about it, of a track, essentially. And <laughs> there we go. So this whole exchange is kind of funny. Oh, yeah. It's a, is that not a fuzziest picture? Oh, All you can make out is, and, I, and by the way, I thought that was like in the on his truck step. You uh-huh. see what I mean? There's no context. He didn't say, I found this. Just a picture. And it appears to be a little slip of paper that says, yeah. God loves you, blurry, 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 with a cross can't, on can't it. can't read it, right. So you're like, oh, he probably explained it. He said nothing. <laughs> Just a picture. So yeah. production guy Blake says, oh, that's nice. And then I go, was that on your truck? <laughs> no context. And then he goes, no, at all. I want to read this because it's funny. Know what all the apartments on our door. Not a great texture. However, <laughs> then he said, our apartment's our door floor. I ignored all of that and just said, okay, pretty cool. I kind of put it together. Is yeah. it signed? Yeah. Wondering who maybe. Uh, that was at, who knows, what time was that? Okay, he responded 20 minutes later, but uh-huh. I didn't see I was no wing fast to get to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's, is that not what it says? I didn't see I was no wing fast to get to work. No wing, W-I-N-G. Yep. Anyway, I ignored it at this point because I did not understand. Yep. We ignored it all. Yep. Finally, production guy Blake, uh-huh. didn't he tell us at some point? He might have told us in person. Okay. Production, okay, it was in person. So yeah. production guy Blake ends up telling us, hey, I figured out what that was, and it was a track, and it was given to all of the apartments. Yes. Uh, in this area. They were Place. everywhere. Yeah. So these things were laid out in front of the apartments, which I thought was cool. Oh, yeah. God loves you. 
Well, then we started, he started explaining to us, he had taken pictures of it to talk with us about later, which, by the way, is we really do live this out. Real talk, things to talk mm-hmm. about. You know, life, God, the Bible, all that. That's what we do even in our free time, times we get together. And we pull it up, and he starts reading the ministry that it's from. I'm not going to say the ministry that it's from. Mm-hmm. And it had an interesting name. Well, yeah. they started, we started hearing it, and it was certainly, it was Pentecostal, which this. They call themselves that. Let me stop. I don't know. They call themselves that. And the only reason right. I say that is, um, well, soon as charismatic and all these types of things, nothing against against that. In fact, there are certain churches that would call us charismatic. We certainly wouldn't say we're charismatic compared to you know charismatic. It doesn't right. matter. The purpose of our story doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, we get it. You know, it's pretty cool still. And they're talking about hell, which is a real thing. Absolutely. I think that's awesome that they're saying, hey, it's not just a decision. Essentially, the track's like, it's not just a decision of when you're ready. This is life or death, heaven or hell. And I think that's real. And the Absolutely. church doesn't talk about it enough. However, once we looked up the website, we started realizing that this ministry is prime. It wasn't a church. It's a ministry. Primarily, it's talking about a deliverance ministry. Mm-hmm. Now, you ask, what is a deliverance ministry? Mm-hmm. I think it was you or maybe yeah, Blake. Me. And then I knew what it was. I said it has to do with exorcisms and demons and things like that. But right. I knew it also had to do with, I didn't tell you this, so I was trying to look it up. Yeah. To explain it better, that had to do with habits being attached to demonic activity. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you are a fearful person, they may say that that pretty much all of our negative qualities and negative things and sinful patterns and habits are coming from demonic oppression. Gotcha. And so they do these deliverance ministries. They they themselves said this aggressive deliverance ministry where they casting out the demons. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole process you kind of go through. I'm not saying it's them, but from what we looked up, where you you talk about it, you name the sin, you name the demon, you name yeah, it, yeah. then you cast it out, and then all this other stuff. And then also it says that you can have you know, generational curses that need to be cast out, and then curses uh, connected to objects, uh, yep. objects. Um, family sin, yes. D&D, yeah, uh, video games, activities, yeah. right, right. Before we go into this, I think there are th- any of those things, almost, sin- sinful stuff can certainly give footholds for the enemy okay mm-hmm. i definitely believe we know scripture talks about demonic oppression this is all real stuff um but as if that wasn't the main as it went on in some of the wording that it talked about what are you looking at i just nodded sorry oh. my eyes just kind of went down with my nod <laughs> it's gonna sound funny in the podcast so <laughs> we, we we both were kind of like man again you know what am i being for it was interesting it, yeah it made us feel it made me feel uncomfortable me too not the more you read, I was like, yeah. Oh. Not just because. Actually, I didn't really even feel that uncomfortable with what they were talking about mm-hmm. or what I was reading as far as deliverance ministry. Yeah, um, whatever that may be. But their description of stuff yeah. was pretty wild um, and pretty. So I made the comment. I'll just say it. I go, man, I just don't feel right about this. Mm-hmm. The way they're talking about things doesn't feel right. Yeah. And then I made the point of, is it, is that the Holy Spirit? warning us right. they would probably say because if you remember they're like if you don't believe in this get out yeah it was like oh what was it i'm trying to think i'm i'm i may butcher it butcher it terribly but it was something along the lines of like when you come you come once and either you're in or you're out like you're gone if, if you don't if you have any doubts about this get out essentially yeah that it, is it exactly was, what it said yes so pretty interesting let me tell you what I think before I get jumped, and then I'll tell you where I'm, my, my leeriness, because this is real talk. I mean, yeah. I believe that spiritual warfare is real. I believe that Scripture talks about... They also talked about reviving the apostolic 
gifts of like. Mm-hmm. So that would essentially, to me, mean Peter, Paul, all of them, the powers they had, right. essentially, the, the anointing they had. I do not believe that, that apostles with a capital A that, that exists. Okay? We it know was that, them. that was them. Yeah, those who were, who were directly taught and empowered by Jesus for a specific purpose to start the church. I do believe apostle, apostle as a gift exists, which is essentially kind of the idea of, I'm trying to think, it can be a lot of things, starting up churches and all that kind of thing. Gotcha. But they don't have authority, apostolic authority, like Peter and Paul did. I don't believe that. I don't yeah. think that's biblical. Um, that being said, I think spiritual warfare is real. I think demonic, we've talked about this many times, how many things in this world um, are, demo- are demonic in nature that yeah. we call mental illness. Yeah. And I also know that Scripture tells us that without the Holy Spirit, you are open to not only oppression, possessions are a real thing. That's right. Um, we have to assume that. There's nothing to tell us that that isn't real. Yep. Um, I do know Scripture says, do not be obsessed about those things. That's right. Right? About spiritual things. Like, yes, be aware of it, but don't be obsessed with it. And I think there's a line where it kind of come, you can become obsessive about it. Oh, absolutely. And what made me feel even more uncomfortable was this constant idea in the wording of this about my power. Ah, we, we, we have the authority. We have power. We will become these prayer eagles. We will become these things, eagles. these terms they came up with, right? Mm-hmm. We will. We are aggressive warriors. We are going to be the army of God. It literally said that, this aggressive army of God. That's it kept saying right. aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> um, so the, the issue with it that made me uncomfortable is, is there a line where that becomes more about this power I have versus the God who is the source of anything like that? Interesting. Um, I also don't believe that ever, you know, we believe the gifts are alive and active, but clearly scripture tells us not everyone has every gift. So to imply that everyone is running around, um, I don't know, doing every gift the apostles did is, is pretty is pretty silly. And my, I should say, is, is not biblical to me. Yeah. So just something we kind of randomly ran into, and I guess I bring it up and get your thoughts too, because I also want people to know, like, we talk about this stuff. Yeah. I know for me it was... Like at first it was cool. I was like, man. Like, yeah, like said, the hell and talking about like yes. the real truth. It yeah, seemed to be exactly because yeah. they were not sugarcoating it. It was yeah. just like this is what it is. Like you either get a, you're gonna die once or you die twice. That's kind of how I feel. Yeah. yeah, you know. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it started off as like I was like, this is a really cool ministry, you know. And then once you <laughs> like I said, once once we started diving into what it was really about, I was like, wow, this is just like you said, it was odd, you know. And we, we were trying to figure out what, what why they kept using the term aggressive a lot, you know, and it was what uh, I don't remember if this is if this is correct or not, but didn't they say it was like aggressive deliverance or something? Like yeah. didn't they say something along those lines? And you know, just trying to figure out even what that stuff was and like even the ideas that we were even trying to think of like what that would even look like, it was just it felt like you said, it felt uncomfortable. It didn't feel right. You know, yeah, didn't. and it didn't feel uncomfortable in the sense that we're just afraid of demonic stuff. That, no. that wasn't the yeah. feeling I had. It just, something fell off about it. Like, the combination of what they said was, like, dele- aggressive deliverance and, um, I almost said, delessive aggrivian. I said almost flipped it. it was funny. <laughs> uh, so, the, the combination of aggressive deliverance and then, like, you're there once and if you don't get it, you're out. Like, putting those two things together to me felt really odd because then I'm like, they're just going to force somebody to believe in this when they actually don't, and then they're going to find themselves in this weird place. Yeah. And that, like, that's why I didn't like it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It tied this deliverance to, um, that's another thing it said, to if you don't believe this way, you're a dead church. 
Yes. This reminds me of the guy who came to our service. Do you remember this? I, Probably. I think I remember. This was pre-COVID. Yeah, this was And he, we could tell he was mad when he came in. Just a grumpy guy. He just had a bad attitude, was, yeah. rude, was rude to our greeters and ushers, was rude to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Never spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Okay? Never came up and spoke to me one time. Even as I'm, as I'm preaching, I always tell people I don't see individual faces, and I really don't. You know, I interact with certain people because I see them, and they're people that come here long term, but you don't really see individual faces. Right. This guy, unless they're like very expressive. This guy was miserable the whole time. I knew it. You can just kind of tell. Okay, so he ends up leaving. He grabs one of our ushers and like, hey, have a great day. Hope you're coming in. I'm not coming here. I need to find a church that believes in spiritual warfare. And it was like, this wasn't even about. So it sounds like this guy came from the same background of, yep. if you don't, in my opinion, if you're not obsessive about it, you're not a real Christian. Right. And I don't see that. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I see the opposite where scripture talks about, yes, to be aware of it. Yes, we're to take it serious. Yes, we're to pray against it. Yes, I believe that there are demons in, that can get that. If you want to know my honest opinion, that um, that probably get cast out or need to be cast out. I think that comes from salvation. Yeah. Right? Um, I believe all that stuff is real. Um, but I don't believe that that's behind everything because I also know, well, at the root cause of it is is the enemy, right? But mm-hmm. our sinful natures and our flesh and the old man in us, as Paul said, is a big part of that too. Um you know, Paul describes our battles not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. That's true. But all Paul also said, I find this war waging within me, the old man and the new, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes tying it with if you're not doing these specific gifts and these things, you're not a Christian has always been a problem for me. Based on what I see in 1 Corinthians mm-hmm. 12, 13, 14, etc. Um, anyway, just a thought. Yeah, man. It was just it was so, interesting. I get, you know, I, I don't I think you gotta be leery out there if you're yes. watching of any group that tells you if you don't practice a certain spiritual gift, you're not an actual Christian. Absolutely. And always ask them, be willing to ask them, okay, explain to me first Corinthians twelve, thirteen, and fourteen then, mm-hmm. please. Particularly fourteen um, talks about, you know, well, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. Uh, I've done that. I've spoken to pastors from denominations that, that uh, highlight a certain spiritual gift over others and mm-hmm. ask them that. And I haven't found a question or an answer yet about those specific scriptures. Because right. they'll typically point me to the ones backing them up, mm-hmm. um, but they won't point, they won't have an answer yeah, for those. Yeah, they don't mention the other ones. Yeah. I got you. So I don't know. I think you just, something to, to be leery and pray about. And mm. The bottom line is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You That's know, right, man. We, um, our salvation our deliverance, all of that comes from Him um, and not by any, you know, manpower or anything mm-hmm. like that. And again, again, guys, this is one specific group. We're not saying the idea of deliverance, mission. that'd probably take a whole show in general. We're not telling you, if you're out there watching, we're not saying that's wrong or evil or anything of the sort. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think you got to be careful. And, um, man, uh, you got to be careful. Absolutely. And, and take it to scripture and study and mm-hmm. pray. And if something doesn't feel right, you know, compare it to scripture. Oh, that's so good. I think it's interesting. You know, this is one of those instances where it, it reminds me of, you know, like you said, certain scriptures of even just, uh, I believe it was Paul, you know, when they, when they, was when the apostles come back. Oh, no, it was Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> when they come back and he's like, were they preaching? You know, were they preaching? Oh, yeah. My name, you know, then let it be, you know, and like. It's hard because, like you said, like 
it's very easy for people to, to say Jesus, but still they're telling you something entirely different. And like, you just have to be careful, you know, just because you hear the name Jesus doesn't mean it's really Jesus. That's a and great like, point overall. Yes. Is that you can paint, and we use this, this line here a lot, you can paint a lie with the name Jesus and it's still not Jesus. Yes. Um, people create their own Jesus. Yes, they do. There's only one, and that's the Jesus of the Bible. Yep. And if it's not him or it, you know, God will never, ever tell an individual today anything that contradicts his word. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. That's our, that's our filter. Mm-hmm. And our standard, yeah, you know, there's and there's plenty of there's plenty of evidence, in my opinion, you know, of this specific ministry of things that are like, man, eh, that that's a little weird, like the you know one time in or out thing, like that's what about you know all the times Jesus gave Peter a chance, you know, just all they those would, things, yeah. stuff like that. Like I think of that kind of stuff too. So well, and it wasn't just tied with Christ; it was tied with this specific thing. If mm-hmm. you because it said if you don't believe in this deliverance ministry, that's right. You need to get out. Yep. Yeah. Which was just odd too. So, or I believe I didn't even say believe. That's not even what it said. It said I can't remember the exact word. Uh-huh. Point is, guys, our bigger thing is not attacking a specific thing. Right. It's that I think the bigger issue is when some doesn't feel right, we have to compare it to the Bible. Mm-hmm. There has to be a standard. Yes. You know, people say, "Well, God told me to do this." Man, I've heard people tell me. I've literally spoken to people who told me that God told them they were supposed to marry someone else's wife. Well, why would God have? I've let this happen. And why would he have led this perfect person to me that was married to someone else if I wasn't supposed to be with him? Um, you sure that was God that led you there? Right. Right? Jeez. The enemy's going to yeah. tempt you. Absolutely. And sometimes, I don't know, I just think, yeah. Mm. Things, truth can get twisted by painting it yep. with the word God or Jesus. Mm. So, great conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I love this. Hopefully we didn't lose a bunch of you. This is what happens when we go deep. <laughs> had an interesting thought. like, um, randomly, I don't know why, but in the midst of all this, I just had this like this vision in my head of like a. I was thinking about like a clock, you know. Jesus is always counterculture, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and it started as a clock, but then eventually it kind of turned like a racetrack. Mm. Left turn. No, um. So I was thinking about the world, right, and the difference between you know. Because you said that you struggle with the idea of, you know, why are these people succeeding that aren't following, you know? Yeah. It made me think of, like, for some reason, I had this idea of just different people. It's almost like a social experiment, right? Like, you're on this track, you know, you're, you're going the, you know, going clockwise, right? That's how races go, you know? And you got, you know, people in their suits, you know, the businessmen, they're just, they're just lapping people. They're just going, 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 but they're, they're cutting all these corners, right? Oof. And, you know, you got just all these different forms of people. And you got, you know, Christians, you know, who are, you know, they're being lapped, and, you know, they're, they're helping, they're trying, they're, they're carrying people with them, trying yeah. to get, keep them, you know, keep them in the race, you know, and it's just interesting, because I thought about, like, getting lapped, and then it's like, that's when the countercultural like, kicks in, right, and it's like, oh, well, actually, the entire time, the race has been going the other way, Oof. and it's like, so yeah, that's they're good. actually finishing first, and these people are having to go and un, unwrap themselves mm. to even finish, and it's just like, that's actually a really awesome picture. Yeah, I don't know why. It just kind of came in my head, and I was like, that's freaking nuts. So <laughs> That's a really cool picture. Yeah. It sort of reminds me even, do you remember at the beginning of The Chosen when they do the fish thing? Mm-hmm. There's a cool little image, and it, you kind of miss it if you're not paying attention, of just these blue fish shapes, and then something touches it, and they turn color, and then they swim <laughs> they the opposite way. It's yeah, pretty cool. That. Yeah. that is super cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's a really powerful, that. that's a powerful picture, though, man, that yeah. you think you're running the right race. Yep. 
And that, and that makes a lot of sense, too, when Paul says finish the race, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, what race? Not the one the world's telling you. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. It's really good. So just that pop in my head, thud sure. Oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, we got a couple questions we can dive into. Sure. Uh, while we're at it. Um, oh, I know we have a lot. It's pretty yeah, cool, we, man. Yeah. Y'all decided to bring it. Thank you so much. Please keep bringing them. Uh, also, guys, I, I want to take a minute. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Let's we really want to know what you guys want to see and hear. Mm-hmm. If you're listening, we want to, we want this to be a blessing to you and mm-hmm. to be an encouragement to you and to be something you look forward to. Um, I know that we had some questions that about having some more fun segments where we share some of our fun stuff. So we'll probably do that one yeah. of these times because there's a lot of them. Um, but also, what do you like? Do you enjoy when we answer questions? I know we've asked this before. It seems a lot of people like the mix. But if there's anything you're like, man, I, this really spoke to me, please take a second. And if you don't want to drop it in the comments of the video or you're on a podcast, mm-hmm. send it into the, um, to the database at www.theremnant.live slash real-talk. We see that and we want input and we want to continue to make this what it needs to be. One of the most exciting things. And what it needs to be, by the way, is something that blesses you and serves you and helps you. That's right. Super excited. Tomorrow. Or Thursday, mm-hmm. technically tonight, we're starting. The new studio is being it's, built. Yeah, it's it's going to be wild. Man. It's being put together. So, crossing our fingers. I actually, I can say this pretty pretty confidently. I think that next, uh, yeah, fun turns look good. Um, our hope is keep praying for us that episode eighty five. Mm-hmm. We will see. So next week's episode, you will see the new the new studio. It's crazy. It's going to blow minds, I think. I think it actually will. undersell, over deliver. It's going to be average. Yeah, it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, um, guys. I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect anything too cool, but yeah. whatever. But anyway, let us know what you like. A couple questions. Awesome. Let's get it. <laughs> How would you define <laughs> ministry? How would you define ministry? A follow up. What's the difference between between being called to ministry mm-hmm. and ministering to someone? Mm-hmm. So I like to go. I always like the idea of, you know, your life is a ministry, and that's truth. You know, God tells us as we go about life, tell people who I am, tell people the gospel. Um, there's a difference. I think the key difference is, uh, you know, when you're called to ministry as like a, okay, how they've worded it, they say it was like called to ministry and then just uh, ministering to people, right? Hey, follow up. What's the difference between being called to ministry and ministering to someone? So to me, the key difference is everyone's called to minister to people, and then ministry is like what you do, right? You are a pastor. You know, you you speak to the masses. Um, while ministering to people, that can be the people you're around. That can be your family. That can be your friends. You know, um, there's a difference. You know, hmm. that's 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 the biggest key difference to me. Now, how do you know if you're called to that? Um, God gives gifts, um, you know, and we've you know. Bible talks about that, you know, the ability to speak, you know, like you're a fantastic speaker. Oh, you know, thank you. You have a clear gift. It's easy to see. People know you're different when you're on a stage and you're talking to people. People listen. People are gravitated towards what you are saying. Hmm. You know, that is a gift from God. You know, there's a thank difference you. between that and then, you know, people who can go around and, you know, people can use their, their actions as ministry as well. You know, I think there's a difference there. That's ministering to people, and there's ministry. Um, so that's just my little tidbit there. You know, I'm sure you can probably go more in depth than I can. No, I think that's what people want to know, man. That's how yeah. you view it too. So, so in a sense, what 
let's define these words. Because mm-hmm. I think the problem is we have these words. So we have, hey, he's a minister. I'm ministering. That's a ministry. Mm-hmm. That's all these things. So, <laughs> That's true. So we ministering means essentially, in and of itself, the word means meeting the needs, serving the needs of other people. So a lot of times this specific word outside of here is like taking care of sick people, mm-hmm. taking care of those that can't take care of themselves, serve right. ministry. It also just means, uh, well, so, so to a degree, every Christian, and this is true, is called to ministry. That's right. We all have the Great Commission. Exactly. So every one of you, if you're listening, you are called to ministry. You are called, you are, well, Todd, I'm an accountant. You're just, an, you're just a minister doing accounting. That's right. right? That's what you are. <laughs> yep. Um, hey, I'm a construction worker. Awesome. You are a minister in construction work. That's what you do. Your life is that. By the way, both with your actions and your words, sometimes nowadays, you know, we always want to warn people, don't let it just be talk. That's true. Yeah. But also don't let it just be you're different without talk. You need to be able to say who Jesus is That's to right. um, But a lot of times when people say being called to ministry, what they really mean is being called to vocational ministry meaning that's their job full-time, be a pastor, yep. be something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the difference between the two. We're all called to minister to people, to serve people, to love people, um, put others' needs above ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, all those Romans 12 talks about that. We jo- weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, Jesus even talks about giving a cup of cold water to people. You know, you're doing it for me, and if you deny that kind of thing. If you, if you don't do it, you're not doing it for me. Mm-hmm. All that sort of thing. Matthew 25. Nice. Um, and that you, that was a continuation, correct? Of uh, Yeah, the same question. Right. So how would you define ministry? I think we did that. It's yeah. serving the needs of others. Yeah. Um, the difference between being called to ministry and ministering someone, I think you mean being called to vocational ministry means being a pastor or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the difference. Well done. No, you did too, man. I just used to rambling. To back it up. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting to back it up. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, besides seeing people accept Christ, what has been your biggest joy seeing God accomplish with slash through the remnant, meaning this church, and why is that your favorite? <laughs> Do you think in this situation personal growth is different? No. I don't think so. So, I think one of the coolest things about this church is just seeing people... Obviously, like like you like to send the question, you know, besides accepting Christ, which is so incredible, just seeing people's journeys and seeing where they've came from and just seeing the change in people is unbelievable, including myself. You know, um, when I really sit back and I think about it, you know, there there are so many people in this church who came in this church not believing in God, which is insane to me. They they were it was, they've just, they're completely changed people, you know, and from the moment they did they accepted Christ to where they are now. The difference is insane to me. You know, it's it's the intentionality of our congregation, our people here. They just, they serve, man, and they serve hard. <laughs> and, you know, they don't let, that's what's so incredible. You know, like you mentioned those, those numbers earlier about, you know, churches, like we're so stubborn in some of the best ways. You know, we don't, we don't, it has its flaws, but, you know, we, we use that stubbornness, man, and we are just, we do our best to go against the grain and we try to follow the Bible. That's what's so cool about us, you know. And, you know, I'm not saying other churches out there don't do that, but, you know, just to brag on, you know, our congregation. You know, we're just, we're different, man. We do our best to live it out. And, you know, we look at the Bible and we're going to go, that's life. We're going to try to follow it. And I appreciate that, you know. I've always said, 
know, if, if, I, if I would have committed to any other church, you know, I don't think I'd be where I am now. You know, I think God led me here. This is where I'm supposed to be. And, like, just the people around, you know, I don't know. It's just different to me. So, Isn't that cool how God knows the place? Like, he leads you to the place that you need to be to grow. Absolutely. Because there's so many other places that people that would say the same thing about their churches. Yes. He just knows us. Yes. Um, my answer would be the same as yours. It's seeing the change. I uh-huh. call it the change. Uh, and it's not just people coming to know Christ. I think that's cool. Yes. I can think of, you are a great example. I can think of Funter and Clint. I can think of people close to me. Mm-hmm. And then there's there's some people, if she's watching, I don't want to say her name, but I, she'll know who she is. I, I know a lady that went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, she has kids, yep. awesome kids. And when she came here, she was, um, I think she's always had been a kind, beautiful soul, but I think she was anxious, she was fearful, mm-hmm. she was beat down from That's years right. of kind of an unhealthy relationship, um, all of those things. And to watch her go from wilting to thriving, it's, it's, so it's a beautiful thing. Man. Oh, man, and, it makes me uh, cry. Yeah, me too. So those types of things and seeing people, seeing love help people grow mm-hmm. and seeing God, seeing their realization that God loves them, help them grow. Yep. And I mean grow not even as like a maturity, but just become healthier people and to to have, I don't know, to not hate themselves. And it's just, it's such an incredible thing. Yes. Incredible, beautiful thing. Or to see people come to deep realizations, to be freed from sinful habits, to be freed from um, religious backgrounds or habits that that made them live in fear all the time instead of living in the freedom of, of God and the freedom of grace. It's just, it's been cool. Well, seeing captives set free, man, and seeing people yes. grow has been pretty amazing to me. Mm. Um, and seeing some of the, the nuts stuff God does here. I, 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 I don't know really how to describe it to people. I, I can't either. I mean, he, and every church has their story. Mm-hmm. I, but boy, he just, it's almost scary sometimes. I know. He just is like, yeah, you're going to do this. And we're like, it's ah, funny. we're not. It's funny you bring that up. because He does it. I was even it's talking feel, to yeah. my dad the other day. Yeah. I was talking to my dad the other day because I had to let him know about, you know, everything going on because he'll ask, you know, he, I mentioned the field and stuff and he was like, how's that going, you know, and, you know, <laughs> and, and I told him, I was like, oh, you know, it, it's, it's going pretty, it's going pretty decent, you know, we, you know, we had a couple, you know, s- you know, speed bumps here and there, but, you know, and I was talking to him because, you know, I mentioned how I was like, you know, on the outside, you know, trying to get people to, you know, to buy in, to, to invest, you know, and I mentioned, you know, a couple of blessings he had. He was blown away. He's like, that's crazy. That's unbelievable. Yep. It's unbelievable. So that's cool. I love seeing God show off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty neat. Um, great question. Thank you for asking that. I want to, I want to answer at least two more. Okay. Um, there's, sorry guys, we have 21 today, which is yeah. awesome. And I hope they keep coming. If I remember correctly, you guys have said you don't get to see each other or the other guys, meaning probably Remnant House guys, mm-hmm. uh, that much throughout the week. How do yeah. you guys stay closely involved in each other's lives to maintain your closeness? Mm-hmm. And then with that, there was another question that was pretty close. I'm going to kind of put them together. It says, okay. in regards to the people you're close to that you don't see or talk to every day, what does someone being intentionally involved in your life look like? What, mm-hmm. does it, what do those people do to make you feel they still love you personally? Mm-hmm. I think those are kind of wrapped together. Yeah. So we'll um, go with uh, the guys we know. That okay. Because so we don't. We really we, don't. We don't. Not really. When you really think about it. Um, so we tend to see each other later in the day. Usually that's kind of how it is. You know, um, 
a big part of this, and I'm not saying we're perfect. We're not. Not even close no, to we're, it. We're, we're monsters. <laughs> you know, a big part of it is, and you know, we do. We have our we have our seasons as a group of people where we go through times where we do feel distance, and then we, we go through times where we feel really close to each other. And at the times where we do feel close to each other is when we're intentional about each other's lives. Mm. You know, when we're when we know about each other's lives and we're asking questions and we're trying to hold each other accountable to what we say we're to do, or you know, when we're and when we're actually enjoying being in the moment with each other, that's when that's when we're we're doing great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's moments when we feel like we're you know people don't want to be around each other. You know, or you know we're we're kind of spilling our you know our tiredness of the day. You know, because one thing about us as you know this this group of guys that they're, they're talking about this question is we go to a lot of things. We are pretty much involved. Yes, we are involved in in just about everything when it comes to church and being around people. So when we are by ourselves as a group. We t- there can be times where we just are just kind of like, oh, we're <laughs> exhausted. Yeah. And, you know, that can come off as we don't feel like we want to be around each other. Maybe sometimes we don't, you know, but and that's that's things that, you know, we try to work out. But, you know, the biggest thing is just being intentional in each other's lives. I think that's what helps us a lot. Um, what was that part? <laughs> uh, that's pretty much uh, – well, I guess there is another um, – let me, let me look at it real quick. Okay. So I want to make sure that we're answering it. Mm-hmm. So do you, you said intention, what does intentionally staying in each other's lives look like? Oh yeah. Yeah. I would say being involved in, in their, their decisions in life their choices, right? Pouring into that, letting them know how you're doing things you're trying to get better at, you know, and you guys can both help each other, you know? Um, and honestly, dude, oh, this is so big. Loving without expectation. You know, I think that's one thing that we do our best, and I think that's something we're really good at, is loving without expectation, you know. It's even in the small stuff. You want a candy bar, get you a candy bar, you know. Sitting <laughs> out, they ask me, here's a Sprite Zero. You know, just, just a bunch of stuff like that, you know. Um, and we had a really cool conversation one time where we all went around and we asked each other, like, how, can, like, how do you feel loved? You know, and even though it was hard for some of us, because we're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know how we are sometimes, but, yeah. you know. Um, you know, we still got something out of everybody, and then just trying to make it a point to focus on those things with those people and love them the way that they feel loved. You yeah. Know? So, being intentional about that too is huge. Yeah, I think what he, what you said, I don't really have much to say about that. Is be intentional. Yeah. So one of the the sayings, and I, I apply this to a lot of things in life. Maybe out of our day, we only get five percent of our day together, mm-hmm. but making sure that we're putting one hundred percent of effort into that five percent yes. of day. And I think if you do that in any relationship, whether that's your marriage or whatever else, putting 100% in the time you do have, 100% of your time, uh, your focus, your love into those moments, and I think that's what keeps people close because Mm -hmm. life is tough. And that's how we do it. He's right. I'm telling you right now, guys, we'll touch base between 12 and 1 o'clock at night sometimes. Yep. Um, And... That's it, and we do the best we can, and he's right. You know, if people were to watch on the outside, it's kind of like, oh, those guys are just sitting there reading and quiet, and it's true. We, we're tired. Um, actually, I'm kind of getting emotional saying that because I think we don't acknowledge that a lot. We do. We try to be involved in everything, mm-hmm. and it's a heavy weight sometimes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of admiration for the guys in the, the Remnant House, um, the interns and, and those yeah, guys. That, that They take a lot of weight for the very few benefits they get. Uh, I'm very, very proud of those guys, and... Uh, you know, people think that they're just my friends. Like, oh, look, Todd just said, no, they're guys that I've seen the sacrifice and people don't realize it. Hmm. So that's the other thing. The second part of that question yeah. is, that's sort of the other one is, so now we kind of wrap it out to other people. Could be them too. Yeah. You touched on this. People you don't get to see every day. Yep. What, 
What does it look like for someone to make you still feel loved even if they don't get to talk to you every day? What are certain things they do? You know what I mean? So like the people we don't get to see every day, yeah. what's the difference between the, the people that you would say, man, I feel like those people still care about me they're in versus maybe not so much. Yeah. Um, and this is them asking us yeah, personally, yes, right? Okay. Yes, personally. Um, when people see me, and you may think, what do you mean? So let me explain. Um, when people truly see me in the sense of they, they stop me for a second, they say, hey, you're awesome. Or they say, hey, like I appreciate what you do. Or they give me, you know, a compliment. Like, I really appreciate that stuff. I don't always take it the best, but I, I promise you I appreciate it. Um, and the people who ask me how I'm doing and they don't <laughs> they don't always let me just say good and run off. <laughs> you know, if they say, hey, like, hey, how are you really doing? You know, so I appreciate that stuff. Um, especially just being seen. That's a big one. You know, because you've said this so many times, you know, even throughout, you know, my journey as a believer into leadership and whatnot, you know, that it can feel lonely sometimes. Um, so when people stop to acknowledge the fact that, you know, they see you and they appreciate what you're doing, like, it means a lot. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. Being mm. seen. Being seen means it's not even about um, attention, like, from everyone, but mm-hmm. being seen is deeper than that. It's someone who says, how are you doing, mm. and meaning it. Yep. Um, because I think you get in the habit of sometimes in ministry – that when your people ask you how you're doing, they don't really want to know, and so you get used to just saying, "Okay, how are you doing?" Which is part of it, and, and I would, I'm not complaining, mm-hmm. but I think sometimes just knowing that, and also being given some common grace yep. to see our to see my heart, that my heart is never to make someone feel unseen. You know that yep. when you get frustrated, to know that my heart is to love you. And, That's good. I like that. Uh, that helps me a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I wanted to talk about this one. We'll close up. So it says, "I've been pondering this for a while. I feel like." When I was dating, I was cautioned not to spend every second with my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Make sure I still, still spent time with my friends and my boyfriend wasn't everything. Yeah. Now that I'm married, I feel like my husband is supposed to be above everyone else, which I do think is true. Is there a better bridge between the two? I feel like they're drastically different. And I understand your boyfriend isn't your husband, but just pondering. Hmm. So they're kind of feeling like I was pressured to not make my boyfriend my everything. And now that I'm married, I'm supposed to make my husband my everything. Mm-hmm. I think you're buying into the lie that your husband's still supposed to be everything. That's not the truth. Um, you know, it's all about, I feel like, and maybe it's just me, because I've been on both spectrums now, in my opinion. I used to idolize women in the relationships I was in. I made them my world, and it crashed every single time, and it hurt, and it wasn't fun. It took me a long time to recover. And now that, you know, I'm in a relationship right now, and I feel like I've kind of went the other way where I'm trying really hard to not make that happen again because I know how easy it can be. Um, and I don't know if this is just me because I know you're very similar to this, or at least I think you are. <laughs> before I, I should, I should yeah. probably say it first before going, he agrees. No, um, <laughs> so um, I think when two people come together, when they make it intentional to still have their own lives or they have their own interests and they have the things they do, and they try to bring that person along with them, but they still have places to go without them, I think that that ultimately takes pressure off of situations like this. And my that that's my opinion, man. Yeah. Like, I mean that. Like, I think, and I'm not saying that you have to have separate lives and like, oh, we're here and then we're here. Like, but when you're able to take the pressure off of somebody, of somebody knowing that if I can't be with them, they're not going to die <laughs> or they're not going to like, their whole world's going to crash, sure. that helps so much. 
And I think that's that's the lie we buy into is like we have to be everything together. We have to do this together. We have to do that together. Which is, you know, I think there there's some truth in that. Like, yes, you have to be together, absolutely, but you, not everything. And I think that's that's a lie. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, I I was gonna say the same thing. I think first off, there's this mistake. At least I don't know who you're talking to, but your husband mm-hmm. or your wife cannot be your everything. Yes. And if you make them your everything, mm-hmm. I think that's is actually. I've said this before. I think this is a misunderstanding within Christianity that's led to a lot of problems in mm-hmm. Christian marriages. Is we've taken the idea that one flesh, the marriages are, you know, I've heard our number one ministry. I don't even like the wording of that. Here's what I see in the Bible with marriage. Marriage is a beautiful thing. It's God-ordained. Um, it's created by God. It has a beautiful purpose. It, yep. The only comparison between it is, is the love between Christ and the church. And it shows and points people to Jesus. Yep. Beautiful thing. Um, but that does not mean that it becomes God. And sometimes in Christianity, we can make false idols out of things that God said are good, but it's still worshiping the creation instead of the creator. And I think in this case, sometimes we worship marriage instead of the creator of marriage. Ooh. And um, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. So is there a better bridge between the two? I know in our church, and this may be someone who sounds like someone maybe that goes here, one of the things I always try to tell people is you do want to create boundaries. When you are not married, you know, the whole, when you are not married, you need boundaries. Absolutely. Both to protect your purity, but also to protect your emotional health. Yes. In each stage, you get a little more intimate. So you're dating, and by intimate, I mean even emotionally, and I'm not talking yes. physically. Right. Um, then you get engaged, and okay, now we're, we know we're getting married, and that's a, that's a promise, essentially, to get yeah. married. We need to start going through premarital counseling to learn more about each other and talk about what that's going to look like, and so you become more intimate. And then marriage mm-hmm. becomes is the fulfillment of that intimacy and the sealing of it in a way, right, with the physical act. Right. Um, of sex, which is a beautiful thing in the context of Absolutely. marriage between a man and a woman, as God ordained. Um, but it's they still can't be everything. They are your partner. Mm-hmm. They they are your spouse. Your goal for your spouse is to to help them be everything God's called them to be. Yep. Not by criticizing and everything, even, but sometimes it's through pushing. Yeah. But through, do you make it easy for them to do what God is is calling them to do? Do you make it easier for them to love other people, or do you make it harder? Do you make it easier for them to um, do ministry or to serve, or do you make mm-hmm. it harder? Do you know? I love it. You still have to have other people that you're pointing to. Your marriage is just a, a cooler car to do the work of ministry. If that makes sense, like it's that. a better way to do it. It should be. It should be. It should, it should yes. not make you worse at doing what God's called you to do. It should make you better. That's right. And if you make that person, even your husband or wife, your God, you are going to be let down, and that is way too much pressure. Yep. for them to hold because they will get miserable too. Absolutely. And I think sometimes marriages get suffocating to people because they they expect them to fill every role that before their marriage other humans filled. Mm-hmm. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. So like before I had a friend and I had a mom and a dad and I had a brother and I had Christian. Now that I'm married, my spouse has to fill all those roles. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not realistic. And, and they have to fill the role of God. Make me feel good when I'm sad and all those kinds of things. So I know it's a little off topic. Yeah. Um, but I think overall, I think he's right. You're buying into that lie. As far as specific advice, there's a better bridge between the two. Maybe there's a misunderstanding. We got to figure out a better way to communicate it. Of yes, that relationship, human relationship, should be above all others. Yeah. But being above all others doesn't mean at the complete exclusion of all others. Truth. So maybe a better way would be to describe it as a journey of intimacy. 
so people don't get confused. So, like, when you're just dating, why are you dating? Mm-hmm. You're dating, as a Christian, it should be to get married. That's right. So, you know, you're, you're, making, you're kind of setting the boundaries in place um, to protect you from making it a false idol, yep. to protect you from... All those kinds of things. That makes sense. I'm Fun turn. You. Does that make sense? I'm with you, man. Okay. Hopefully that that helps you guys. Whoever asked that question, great question. Oh yeah. If it doesn't answer your question, or you feel like we misunderstood, please do a follow up. Yeah, sure, follow up. Today was a good episode. Man. I loved it. Well, dude. today was okay. Good stuff. So I don't like saying that. You know. That. Yeah, I know. You got anything you want to say? Um, thank you guys so much. Uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, the new set. Hope you guys appreciate it. Like you said, it'll be Probably okay. average, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> other than that, I love you guys. Um, hey, check out our podcast. You know, if, if you if you like to watch stuff, watch it. It's available. Uh, Real Talk's available on Facebook as well as YouTube. If you'd like to go to YouTube, it's there. Um, it's the same fancy art that you see on our Facebook page. Um, or like I said, or you can listen to us on the podcast. And hey, you know, we're starting to come around to some cool, you know, some cool new things. You know, we have the... The web series, you know, he also mentioned, you know, our sermons. Our sermons are on our website. They're also going to, you know, as we get going, you know, they're, they're also going to be on the podcast as well. Spotify, Apple Podcast. Yeah, you uh, have some of those already, Yeah, right? yeah Those are under a different on. channel, though. Is that uh, it's, yep, it's under Remnant Church. So you just got to search the Remnant Church. It'll have our fancy R. It'll have the name of the sermon and the person who uh, who did uh, the sermon. So it'll, for example, you know, uh, for this latest one he came out with, it'll be... Um, Water, light, water and light, water and light, water and light dash Todd Bland, you know, so you can find it. So yeah, um, we hope to that, put some descriptions in there too at some point. Yes, later. yeah, we'll have descriptions in there someday. Um, be patient with that. <laughs> yeah, because um, because we're gonna also try to back library a lot of it and mm-hmm. put up all, as as far but at least all of twenty twenty. Yeah, so that's been a slow process, but we'll be doing that as well. So if you guys are like, hey, you can't find the website for some reason, you can also go on Spotify and Apple Music for that. Um, and I'm trying to think of anything else. I don't think so. Love you guys. Yeah, and just piggybacking off the podcast, both podcasts, so the Remnant Church channel mm-hmm. and the Real Talk. Guys, help us out by rating the podcast. Yeah. Um, preferably it's positive. Leave a review and a rating. Um, well, some people like on certain platforms you can't necessarily leave that, but on the, the ones that you can, leave us five stars hopefully and let people know specifically what you love about it. Please, hey, I'm pushing that. That's a great way to help support us, if you can't support us uh, financially, is to share the links, share what you enjoy about it, and rate it. The better ratings we have, the more people will check it out. That's right. Um, I think that's about it. Other than guys, hey, you know, I mentioned that earlier. I want to give an opportunity and ask for um, just financial support. Quick shout out to a couple of financial Real Talk supporters out there. Trent, uh, thank you so much for your Trent. consistent support of Real Talk. It's meant a lot to us. Absolutely, man. Um, and Krista. The, Thank the you, Krista. Krista, she, uh, man, what an awesome lady from the very beginning has just been so supportive of Real yeah. Talk. Thank you. We we do see that, that you guys have helped us out even financially on top of the other support you give us oh, engagement. If you would like to join us financially as a partner for Real Talk, you can do that from your phone right now at www.theremnant.life slash give. It'll take you to a page with a drop-down box. Take mm-hmm. the drop-down box to Real Talk yep. and leave in your donation. It's completely tax-deductible. That's right. So not only are you helping to support getting good, positive content out there on social media and, and podcasts, but um, 
it also goes directly back into this. That's right. And you're you're helping keep this going going and supporting this, and we just really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So any little bit, don't ever think too, you know, a tiny amount doesn't go a long way because it, it does. Absolutely. Um, we really would appreciate you to consider partnering with us financially. Um, if you know anyone who would be interested in sitting down with us and talking about life, God, the Bible, I know that. We have already gotten a couple people that we're going to be reaching out to, some other pastors that I'm excited about. So look forward to that. But if there are other people you think, you know, they'd be great on Real Talk podcast or web series, Mm -hmm. um, bring them on or let us know at www.theremnant.life slash real-talk or leave their names even comments below, send us a message through the church Facebook page, all those various ways. Other than that, guys, we need your help for one more thing. I know you're zoned out. Stay with me. (laughs) That was a weird sound to get you to pay attention. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? What we would love for you guys to do is we need your help for this to reach more people. We're trying to get, we have never, we're trying to break a record for web series or podcast shares. Nice. So what we would like you to do is we want to get, we want to get 20 shares for this video on Facebook, just, just on Facebook. Now we've get away more views than that, Yeah. but shares. So we're shooting for that. If you're watching this right now, take a second. You don't have to do it every week, one week. Share this video with a little sense above what you enjoy about That's it. That's right. Um, people will click it just because you shared it. Let's break some records. We need your help with that. I think that's about it. Like, comment. We read all of those. Even mm-hmm. if we don't get a chance to respond to them, we try to respond to them all. We're going to yep. do – actually, now that we're not doing live, we're going to even do a better job of that. Oh, yeah. We, got, we should have time. So that's it. We rambled a lot. Good episode. Thank you, guys. Love you. Appreciate you so much. We hope you have a great, great day, and truly God bless you. Mm-hmm.